0: trading that episode 166 well i went through the process of sort of demo to get the understanding of what's going on my first account i built up from a thousand quid and then wrecked it put in another thousand it wrecked that one And, and i must have funded quite a few and then i built it up one time and i was doing incredibly well with it and i wiped it out in one trade The market's gonna do something, your job is not to fight it. The market never ever runs away, it's always there. That personal diary of trading
1: Trading Up Podcast. I'm your host Cam Hawkins and today we've got the scruffy trader on the show aka, well not aka, (laughs) Gary Langley from the north of the UK. So we've got a fantastic little show coming out for you. Now Gary is very transparent in what he shares which is amazing and he's got a unique money management or slash entry technique that we get into a lot of detail on and we actually see a video after the show that we shot where Gary walks through how that works and how essentially his whole strategy fits together and works as well it's really good it's going to give you some ideas uh potentially uh, an avenue to, to follow as well now uh, other things going on here at trading up we've got the genius trader still at a 75 percent discount we've got a new mind trader mind hacks uh, video out this week called uh, how to see yourself as a millionaire trader in the next 10 years so you want to go and check that out and uh, robot builders club yeah the 100 hundred dollar account challenge either it was going to double or blow Wasn't great timing, running it during the start of the war. It was literally two days after, if not the day after the war started, the whole thing just went kaput. It blew the account, so that didn't work. Um, But we have got the Asia assassin bot up in the robot lab. This month of march 2022 and in fact it incorporates gary's money management technique so i've automated his money management technique along with the brandon abbas entry technique uh which i found out this week is missing a couple of parts but we might do something else with that in the future we'll see how it goes uh look there's a video to find out how it works that i've launched on the channel it's over there on the trading nut page under the robots link there's also a performance report so you can see how it's uh, performing on a demo account over this month of march 2022 so go and check that out now this is the newest thing that is hitting the trading that channel is a demo trading competition with my sponsors city traders imperium so they've got thousands of dollars worth of prizes up for grabs i don't know if the registration is going to be ready this week if it is you'll see the ad in a second which will tell you all about it If not, then it'll be coming up in a future video or on the email list or somewhere. You'll see it somewhere on the social media side of things to how to register for this demo trading contest where there's going to be thousands of dollars worth of prizes up for grabs. So guys, we'll see if we can get some of the uh, older guests on the show as well to see if they can take part in it. It should be a lot of fun and uh, yeah, really give you guys a bit of a test. So yeah, that could be coming up right now. Let's have a look. Let's jump into the ad. Hey folks, my sponsors City Traders Imperium have just launched some amazing changes to their funded trader program. You've got to check out. You can now skip the whole evaluation, trade gold as well as Forex. Plus, they've increased the drawdown you're allowed in both the evaluation and when funded. With C2A, it's even faster and easier to reach up to $4 million in funding with a 50 to 70% profit share. Click the link in the description to find out what else has changed. All right, folks, here we are on Trading Up. We've got Gary Langley here on the show. The scruffy trader, as you can see from his T-shirt if you're watching the video. Uh, welcome to the show, Gary.
0: Hi, and welcome.
1: Hey, um, so look, this is our second attempt at doing this. The first time you were stuck in one of those horrific storms in the UK. So if you guys are in the UK, I mean, it even made the TV over here. So it was pretty bad, and we kept losing connection after about, I think even was, in the, <laughs> the, the pre-chat, we kept losing connection.
0: It, it was an interesting night. Let's put it that way. It was wild. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But we're still here I'm obviously windswept because I've got no hair left It's gone <laughs> Yep, same with me <laughs> um, Righty-ho, well let's get on with
1: this uh, this trading story So you're called the Scruffy Trader I'm, I'm interested to find out how you got came up with that name
0: uh, But how did you get uh, into
1: it in the first place?
0: Well, Scruffy Trader is from my wife to be honest Because I'm a natural born scruff Right. Uh, I leave stuff about all over the place And it just kind of <laughs> developed from that But coming into trading was by accident. I never wanted to be a trader. Uh, It came from a former business that I had. And I used to buy goods in far off lands. And through that, used to do, I don't know if you've come across it, forward purchasing of currency? No. It's kind of where you agree an exchange rate for a set level of time. And your price is locked in for sort of three months, six months. Well, if you time it right, you can get more bang for your buck when you're doing transactions in Japan, as I did, buying containers of goods. So that's kind of where it started. But the interest was from a sales meeting. Because when when my business started, you deal with wholesalers. And you, you have a set price, and you're always trying to get the price down. The more you buy price you get but as you get bigger you don't deal with the wholesaler anymore you'll deal with a distributor and I was having the same conversation and the guy's going oh, I can't do it because the, the the exchange rate is terrible and I went what's this got to do with me I, I want to buy a container of goods you know you, you you're, you're the importer you know I'm buying more surely I get a better price I can't do it the exchange rate just don't work and I had a chap work for me who was an ex-commercial bank manager. And he piped up, and he, and he says, um, you must do forward purchasing. And to me, it was like, w- w- what are you talking about? You know I mean? I, I want to buy a container of goods here, and you're talking about forward purchasing. What on earth does that mean? And he had this bizarre conversation about locking in currency rates. And I did a deal based on that currency. So if he ended up getting better price... I would get an extra discount, and as the company grew, we then ended up going to manufacturers, and we were doing the forward purchasing, and that's kind of where it stemmed. Oh. And then from there, when the company closed, I'm the wrong side of forty. What do I do for a living? And here we are. Yeah. So that was sort of
1: that's how you got into it. So seventeen
0: when it closed. That's interesting. So last...
1: Oh yeah. The last yeah. sort of uh, five years, okay, we five so,
0: years doing this as a wedge. Yeah,
1: so so um so the forward purchasing stuff, like I mean, if you just want to talk us through how that worked, like, so you would just say, ah, oh, we want the so say say the euro US dollar was a at, at one dollar, you wanted to get in, you wanted to buy the product it, at y- ninety y- you cents, you would, and then yes. you'd say, right, we'll we'll agree that if it drops to ninety cents, then you'll send us a product or. We'll buy no it no no and um, you'll give you, us a discount you do it with the
0: bank you you, you lock ah. it in with the bank ah, so okay. you'll agree so for whatever level it's at you might pay a little bit above but it's locked in for about three to six months so you're working out long term um, and my trading is like that all my trading is for all you see me way down on small time frames it's all done off dailies right the levels because all i'm looking for is levels right and that's what you do so you wait say the dollar for argument it comes down to a certain level you're going to buy at that exchange rate and it's locked well if it's in your favor when you come to buy your goods excellent you know because obviously when you're buying a container they like it priced in u.s dollars even though it's japanese yen but three months down the line there could be a movement in the price so you you from a budgeting point of view it's excellent because you already know how much it costs you're not relying sort of oh, where the exchange rate today is x we know exactly how much that's going to cost yeah but if the yen isn't there we get we get more bang for our buck you can sometimes get extra product if you've timed it right yeah
1: and okay. that's kind of where it came from. And so, so, so how did you transition from, so you left the business and then how did you transition into a, a trading life? And well, well, did you find it easy?
0: We, no, <laughs> <laughs> not, not in the slightest. Um, as, as I'm going through this journey and, and we did it for the best part of 10 years and you start sort of thinking to yourself, well, I'm buying these off daily and weekly levels of one thing and another. I can do this myself personally on a one minute chart as most people go down this journey. And I made a complete it. To to be honest, I just, the difference between that type of trading and retail trading, they're just worlds apart, completely worlds apart. But if you start stripping it down into the basics of levels, and watching for a price to be stretched, you can start seeing opportunities. And then through the years, I've developed that into, well, kind of what I do today. But it did take a long time. It took took a good 18 months, two years to figure it out. Um, And did you have any education along the way? I did. Um, I, I went down the route of buying courses off the shelf, which I found to be... Not, not the best in the world. they're all pretty much the same. Um, but I was fortunate in the sense that because I had Jim working in the office with me, he kind of coached me along the way. And all the time it was no, look at the price, look at the level. It doesn't matter you sort of what you're moving average's like crosses you know because the, the average of 20 crosses are 50 all of these sort of things. You know, it's got no, they help you, but your levels is where your price is. And it's the price itself is what you want to be paying attention to because the price is your best indicator. You know, and that's kind of the way that I look at things. And I focus heavily on levels, get my charts marked up. And then from the levels, you can look to see how the price reacts. And you don't need volume indicators and everything because the price will tell you. You see a huge candle coming. If you looked at the volume, you would see the volume spike anyway. And likewise, if you put a Bollinger Band or something like that on, you don't need a moving average because it has a moving average. So you're cleaning your charts up all the time, keeping them nice and clean. And that's the general idea of basic trading. Keep it simple as possible, you know, just Wait for it gets to a decent level that you're happy to buy at or or sell. And then just look to see if there's an opportunity to get in. And and so what
1: what sort of account size did you start off with when you were, or did you go demo first, then,
0: then live? Well, I went through the process of sort of demo to get the understanding of what's going on. My first account I built up from a thousand quid and then wrecked it. Put in another thousand, wrecked that one. And, and I must have funded quite a few. And then I built it up one time and I was doing incredibly well with it. And I wiped it out in one trade over four days. And I was like, God's sake. And it was a thick end of 18 grand.
1: Oh, so, so you, you got lot. built it up from 1,000 to 18,000 pounds? Yeah. Right. And I wiped it out in four days. Four days. <laughs> How did you do that? How did you wipe it out?
0: um stupidity I guess is the ultimate word see at the time because I had the company behind me funding accounts wasn't really an issue you know and the company side of it was incredibly strict you know and you work at it and you work at it but the personal side I guess I was almost punt trading if you want to call it that you know you're like that's yeah, be fine and, and you, you buy this course and it says it's going to do this so you try and follow it and, and it works for a while but then it doesn't work and I'd started building and I'd started getting myself reasonably cocksure and too confident if the if the word is known and I built it up and then I decided I was going on a little break you know three-day jaunt and I put a size on that was way too big for the DAX. I went away. And it gapped up while I was short. Not only did it gap up, it kept on going. And I didn't come back till the Tuesday. And it just wiped the account out.
1: That's, literally. So
0: in and you, it was because were, I didn't put a stop in. And you weren't checking it. I just it. literally, yeah, I was just cocksure. Yep. I knew what I was doing. I traded this without a stop, because it started going for me on the Friday, just went away, just blew it to bits. But it was actually the greatest gift from the worst nightmare Mm. because I never did it again. Mm. And from that point, I I am an advocate of a wide stop. I I don't believe in tight stops. I, I think it's death by a thousand cuts. But what it did teach me was to manage your trades properly And calm yourself down, but also size appropriately as well. You know, because, let's be honest, if you've got an account and the size is too big, you can have the best system in the world, but the account's not going to take it. You know, Mm -hmm. because it has to breathe a little bit. And, well, you just get bumped. And um, having to explain that one to my wife was let's just say it was a good conversation
1: yeah and so so uh i mean because 18 grand is like i mean let's say 17 grand profit in the uk i mean when i was living there and working that was like my that was my salary for the first few years
0: oh yeah yeah it was a colossal amount of money and you sort of think whoa you know so pretty much the best part of a year's worth of work was gone in four days yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, and so, so to of, get it from
1: like one to eighteen, what was the so you said you were it was basically a punt to get there? What what were you doing? I, I that would was have crazy? said
0: I was being lucky, I, I would have said at the time. You know. Because what what was happening through the process, I was doing well and it would go. And you think, right, yeah, edge it up a little bit. You do well and and you could see it it was growing and you think right we'll just push the boat a little bit further because obviously if i push it further i'm going to get more money mm. but eventually it got to the point where it would just break the donkey's back you know by being you know, call it greed or or stupidity uh, my wife would call it stupidity and um, i just put a position on that was way too big for it yeah and, and so so, it so just do you think flattened it
1: do you think you're, um, so what happened after that in terms of like trying to get back from that, you know, you've seen the success, the potential success there and you've gone and destroyed the whole art, rethought it. What did you, What? how did you get back in? Did you have to reinvent everything or? Pretty
0: much. Right. Um, I, I took a month off. I never touched the keyboard for a month. Um, I was almost frightened of it. You know, thinking, I, I, I can't, so... And I, I was also in, in a wrong headspace at the time as well because the company was not in the best of shapes. You know, the rise of Amazons and Ebays. It, it was a mail order company, what I had. And we used to import plastic injection molds. And profits are getting squeezed. We had Brexit come in. Everything hit us at once. And that was one of the reasons what I, what I was doing the trading for because I genuinely thought that if I could get a big hit on it, it would do the company well. And I was on the wrong side. So so for a month, I literally just sort of hid in a corner somewhere and cried. Right. Uh, and then I just thought, right, okay. I must have done something right in the first place to build this up. So I went back to square one, not using sort of too many indicators or anything like that, stripped it right back And not looking at five minute charts and 15 minute chart back to the daily chart and start there and then take a bias from an hourly chart because you've got enough time on an hour to get a good gauge for what's going on in the market. And then maybe enter on a 15 or a five, but they hold no weight to the trade at all, apart from fine tuning. And then be conservative with your target rather than swinging for the fences. Because I found that if I'm swinging for the fences on a day trade, it takes it off you every time. Whereas if it's a swing trade and you're looking to hold it for a few days, you, you've kind of planned that. But the oscillations throughout the day, if I'm trying to get 100 points out of something in a day, I've pretty much failed before I've even yeah. pressed the button. you know. But if I go for a, sort of 10 to 20 pips safely, that's good. And then only look to do it once or twice a day. And once I started doing that, not trying to catch every wave, every trade, just calm everything down once or twice a day, 10 to 20 pips, conservative with the target, conservative with the position size, but then also stage backwards into a position. you left have to explain I'm that. I'm assuming it's going wrong. Right. So i For argument's sake, I'll start with my 100% bid size that I'm willing to go on that trade, but then I'll break that down. So it actually reduces risk. And also, as it goes further into the ladder and then comes back up to your 10, 20-pip target, you make more money. So it was a complete reinvention, but Mm -hmm. more math-based than anything else. And then I started using filters, and I still use them today. I use a crazy spreadsheet that filters the market out, helps me get a a bias. Once I've picked that bias, I stick with it for the day. And that's it. Because I can be wrong on the main direction, but I can be right on the trade. Because it will go 10 or 20 pips one way and 10 or 20 pips the other. You've just got to wait to catch it. Mm. But when I first started oh no, no, I wanted the bottom, I wanted the top, I wanted everything that was in it. Yeah. And you can have a, a lucky run and sometimes you just need a real good punch in the nose yeah. to wake you up. I think that's you know, a really that's good sort
1: of good good uh, lesson there for the guys listening in terms of like getting that daily direction. Just one thing, get a direction and stick with it on whatever yeah. pair you're deciding to trade and don't right. Don't change from that, and that's the, that's all you're going to do for the day. You might not get a trade because it doesn't no. it doesn't give you an entry because it's not going in that direction. But no. it will keep you on the right side if you've got some something to to back it up behind you. Um, that's interesting. So um, okay, so in terms of the scaling into the trade, I mean, so you're saying ten to twenty pips. I think I watched one of your videos and you yeah, you are saying like you know we're only going for ten pips here or twenty pips here. How far would you go back to scale into that trade? I mean, what's the ultimate stop loss on a 10 to 20 take profit?
0: It's it, it, a lot of the time you look at it, you'll go, this is bloody mental because um, I'll, I'll go back to structure points. So it's essentially you can either be two levels or two swing points on an hour. But a stop has to be where a stop has to be because I know the market will probe to a level if it goes to the first one it's nothing out the ordinary if it goes to the second one i'm probably wrong but that could be 50 60 pips away, Mm. you know depending on the market so but because i'll stage in it doesn't the risk reward isn't as bad as it looks and i don't believe in risk reward i i think that sets you up for a fall because it forces you to have a tight stop and you're constantly getting stopped out, stopped out, stopped out if you haven't got a plan. But for argument's sake, say you've got five pounds as your full full size. Go in at a pound for your first position, let it go 10 pips or 15 pips against you, put another pound in, another pound in, and so forth till it gets down to the stop. Now, if you've timed it right, if it gets to halfway and then runs off to 10, 20 pips, your risk-reward is, is pretty large because the bottom one has got so much further to go. Mm. But also, if you're wrong and you think you're wrong, these bottom ones, as they come up, will pay off the losses of the top ones.
1: So you get I out would, for a break-even, do you?
0: you get out yeah. for a scratch or a yeah. very small loss or a very small profit. Ah. But if it hits your stop-loss... Well, it's still cheaper than going one hundred percent at point of entry. Yeah, and that's kind of the way I do it. It's, yeah. it's 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 math based, if you like. Yeah. But to me, I just think it's common sense. But a lot of people look at me and they point the finger and go, "You're a bloody lunatic." Yeah. I'm like, "Well, no," and and that comes back to when we were forward purchasing. If the dollars were at this level, I'll lock it in and buy some, sit them in a wallet. But if it went down here, I'd lock it in down here as well. And then the fur, in fact, the further it went against me, the more I liked it. Yeah. Because it meant I'm getting more bang for my buck.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose like, I mean, if, um, so do you equal, cause I've done this before, I've actually done this before this approach and, um, not for long though, I, I sort of thought this is great. And then I can't remember what happened. This was years ago, something went wrong. And I think I might've been, I might not have honored a stop or something. And then it was like, I just kept. Adding to the positions, but are you splitting it up equally all, all the time, or do you sort of scale? That's yes, always equal. No, oh, no. Okay,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so for argument's sake, if um, I'm going five splits, each one is twenty percent of the original bid size. Yeah, if that makes sense, and I just find it's it's common sense, and I look at the stop. I don't call it risk; I call it investment. So I'm willing to invest that amount of money to get X amount of money. Yeah. Now, what I get out on the other end is, well, the the stop has to be where the stop has to be. That's how much the investment is. If I get it wrong, it's a paid lesson in not what to do. But if I get it right, I have increased my money by X amount of percent. Yeah. So I'm looking at it from a retail point of view, like a business owner's point of view, because you buy a product very rarely in business you'll buy a product and double and treble your money you might get 10 20 30 percent out of it so if i can increase that by 10 20 30 percent to me i think that's a good trade Hmm. but then it's all down to your trade management and your trade needs to be right in the first place before you enter it yeah it's not a case of just right this is a level i'm going to buy it i'm going to go backwards into it no 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 you've got to Have an understanding, as we say, and you filter it out. I've got my direction. I'm looking to see if the market is extremely stretched at that point. Um, If it is, it it kind of becomes low risk. And we always assume the price is going to go against us slightly. And if it does, and it goes, say, say it goes against your 20 pips, well, I mightn't get all five positions in, but I might get two or three of them in. Yeah, And then when they run off, brilliant. After just getting better prices for the others yeah. with less exposure.
1: And so how often would it get to that sort of final price level to give you the full profit? At, no. and, and if you're going to end my your game. My profit, I hit all all the time.
0: Um, and you're not going to get out from break-even, that is? Well, break-even is sort of... My, my theory is it should never hit the stop Ever. Um because, one, if I've planned the trade correct, it's going to at least get me out for a small loss or break even. Mm. But if I haven't planned it, I should be sensible enough to recognize it and kill it. And I'm very good at doing that. If right. I say this and I sort of think, no, this, this thing's gone past the 50% mark because I'll, I'll put Fibs on it. I do like Fibonacci because, again, it's a math-based way of trading. Once it's through the 50% and it's starting to move down, I'm thinking, I'm, I might be better off killing this. And I'll either kill it or I'll actually scale out of it. If I'm like sort of halfway between the two, thinking this might turn because it's it's bouncing on a level. yeah. Instead of leaving the full position on, I might take half that position off and just accept the loss. Yeah. If it turns round, comes back up. Yeah. My balance out, and if it still goes and hits my stop, well, it doesn't cost me as much anyway. Yeah. So I'm kind of glued to the screen all the time when when I'm seeing it. Yeah. But once it gets into a positive expectancy, I kind of just let it get on with it till it hits its target. You know, because I'll put in a target which is, 10, 20 pips up to the next level. Because so I'm all I'm ever doing is going from one level, to the next level. That's it. Very you, very simple.
1: Are you are you setting like? When you see the you know the, the setup happen, you're going okay, great. I'm going to now place five limit orders in the areas that I think. Or are you waiting for the price to get to levels and you're going to hit the buy? I, by I wait for it to button. come
0: to a level. When it's sitting on the level, I'll put my like kind of call it dip my toe in the water if you like, mm. and I'll see what happens once I put the first position in. But that first position is only like twenty percent of what I'm willing to go at. Yeah. If it runs straight away for me, great. It's just, just great down. because what I'm looking at all the time is process over money. I don't actually look at the money. That's the byproduct of me following my plan. And that way it keeps me sensible because if I'm looking at the money all the time, I'll be too tempted to go, I better just rack some more in here. Yeah. And then I might go back to where I was sort of seven years ago. Yeah. I never want to go there again. Yeah. So that was another trick that I learned, actually. And, and it's something that Jim told me, the chap I was telling you works in my office. He says, don't look at your pay now. Mm. You follow what you're trying to achieve. You know, Follow your process. That is it. Target accordingly. And you'll be fine. And then that way, stops you getting spooked. Because I think sometimes when you see P&L swings, you can frighten yourself out of a trade and kill it before it's got the target. And I'll guarantee we've all done it, because yeah. I've done it. You go, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a good bit of money on it. I'm going to take that off. Oh, bollocks. It's gone straight to target.
1: <laughs> the yeah.
0: second you take it off. Yeah. You know, and likewise, why sometimes I scale out of a loss, because sometimes it does the same thing in reverse you'll kill it and then it runs back up the page and you go. <laughs> so scaling out of a, a loss, it, it kind of all helps with your mindset, to be honest. I think the mindset is probably the biggest battleground you'll ever have with the charts. Yeah. The charts aren't that difficult. It, it's you, the person, that's actually quite difficult. Yeah. Because we, we, we're full of emotions and if you, you're angry or you're sad or whatever, You'll take it out on the charts.
1: Yeah. I actually built know. a trade management thing for like a little robot that runs that, I, that means I don't need to look at the P&L. It sits on my MetaTrader 4 and I just click buttons and it gives me the information I want without any dollar signs or anything. And it's literally just here's the, here's the pips, here's the numbers, no, no dollars, no <laughs> dollars. I don't want to see any dollars. Um, okay, so uh, what about your typical trading day? So when do you sit down at the markets?
0: I start roughly between 6 and 6.30 in the morning. Uh, what I'm doing at that time is really just pulling myself together, having a cup of coffee, reading through the news. And I'll, if there's anything that presents itself before 8 a.m., I may have a trade. But that's not necessarily what I'm doing. What, I, what I'm mainly doing is I'm making up a spreadsheet, working out the strengths of the markets, and which one I'm going to trade, because I'll essentially only trade one product a day. I might look at them, but I'll only be trading one. Mm. And I'll concentrate all my efforts on that single instrument. Between Mm. eight and nine, I don't trade at all. Not really, because I don't like to trade the Open. I find it's... This is UK for people that are overseas. Mm. I live in the UK. Uh, The London Open... It it can be a bloodbath because it will inevitably go one way before it's going the right way. And trying to judge it is, well, it's not really. So um, I'll just sit and watch it. And then from nine till about four, I'm basically waiting for sort of everything to align to get 10, 20 pips. And patience is my best tool because I can wait till sort of mid-morning or even mid-afternoon before I press the button. But then once I'm in it, I'm committed and I'll manage it till it's finished. And then that's it. And as soon as I've done it, switch down, done for the day, do it again tomorrow and just look at it as a job.
1: Yeah.
0: And that way, it keeps me grounded, but it also keeps me safe because I, I have a rule. If I get the trade, brilliant. If I lose the trade, I won't go back to market. I'll pick the pieces up tomorrow, and that stops me sort of. Yeah. The emotional content of just diving in and thinking to myself, "I've got to get this back." So you're one trade a day only, only one trade a day. One, two at best. Okay, that'll be as much as I do.
1: So if you you lose in first
0: one, that's it.
1: you don't Okay so you can only Lose one trade a day But you can yep. Win the first And take a second If you yes. Obviously probably do it Early enough in the day That's cool yeah, That's a nice little rule Yeah
0: um, it, it, And it just comes down To, to mindset yeah. yeah You know If I've lost I've lost And I'll sell a V I'll just yeah. Bad day in the office
1: Yeah It is It is very much A mindset thing Look, I mean Because you can And I've noticed it In the past Like I'll get More and more wound up if I sit there and take, you know, more than any more than three traits and they losses. If I any more than three losses in a day, like the, the the haunches get on your neck and you start getting all agitated, and at that point you're done. You are done. You cannot you cannot carry on. Um, so yeah, it's it's a great little habit to to, to get into. Now, um, so you okay? Right, so how many markets you're analysing to find that the one pair that you're going to focus on?
0: I I essentially, I have a a core set that I I look at. And it's mainly cable, euro, dollar, pound, JPY, Aussie, dollar, gold, DAX. And then I like trading the FTSE as well if it operates. But they're where I concentrate my time. And nine times out of 10, I trade cable um, probably because it's our UK currency. It moves very well throughout the day and it, it's not as brutal as some might make out. You'll always get your 10 pips within it, you know, and the DAX on on the other hand, again, it's very quick to get in and get out. But what it is with it, if you get it wrong, you really get it wrong. Right and it'll take it off you in a heartbeat. So that's where I, I focus my time, but most of it is on
1: KU. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's interesting. So so you
1: look at these all these markets, but nine times out of 10, you're going to get a tra- trade on GU. Yeah, oh,
0: every time.
1: Now, what about, um, so you mentioned that you, that you really take a loss. I mean, what what would you say you're winning, win-loss percentages?
0: Uh, I'm running currently over 85% at the minute. Um, that's very that's that's, that's, been high. Like that, fine. that's very high. Yeah, it, it is. High. Yeah. I mean, I sent one of my statements. Yeah, you I, did. I'm running yeah. for a prop for nothing, and it, it's been like that for for quite a while. Um, I just kind of discipline myself into when I see it's wrong, I just kill it. I just let it go, um, and and that's it, really. And that does keep my wins up. But the part that keeps my wins up more than anything is i don't chase the markets i wait for them if if the if it's not there i just don't enter
1: yeah
0: i'll wait and i'll wait and i'll wait till it stretches 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 and then if i'm only looking for 10 to 20 pips you'll find that in a bounce if you're patient enough and and it's easy done i just look at the charts at the top of each hour is it ready Yes, great, I'm going to spend the next hour looking for an entry. Is it ready? No, right? I'll have a cup of coffee, go talk to the missus, and I'll come back in an hour. And I just do that Mm. over and over and over, you know? But because of having a wide stop in it, if you sense so, when you get a punch in the nose, you get a punch in the nose. But if you can hold your win rate constantly, and and as long as I can keep that above seventy five eighty percent, it balances out. Mm. Yeah, and, and I that's suppose kind yeah. Of the way I look at
1: it, yeah. Because if you're taking, let's say, let's say, let's break it down into a lot, and you're taking point two lots out of out of your five in your first position, you get your ten pips. But then you take a full loss. It's going to be one whole lot with a ten pip win. But no, sorry, it's not going to be one whole lot, is it? Because wait, wait, the, last, not, the last the last position is only going to be quite a small it, loss, isn't yeah. it? Yeah so so each loss is going to be smaller yeah
0: it, it it reduces by 20% every time you go down yeah and the one at the bottom costs you next to nothing yeah literally next to nothing so this is what i'm saying because you're staging into it yeah you're not fully exposed and your loss is not as big as you think it is yeah but your risk reward is up it's well past 1 in 2 yeah you know it's well up to to 1 in 3 if they trigger yeah yeah but if it's only the first one, well then it looks terrible, yeah, but as it goes further in, yeah, it increases. Um, like I say, I, I don't look at risk reward or anything like that because I think it almost forces you into a trade because you think, I, "I must get this, I've got to get it to there, yeah, and you'll and, and the worst thing in the world is watching the price move to within a pip or two pips of your target, and then just rattle away. And, but if you were sensible with your target,
1: mm.
0: it probably crushed it. Yeah. You know, and, and I guess they're just little tricks you learn through, through the time. I mean, I, I watch them all mm. the time and they say they've got this special system and this one and that one. Ultimately, the price will do three things. It's either going up, it's going down or it's going nowhere. And if you're caught between two levels, you're essentially 50% anyway, because it's going to hit one of them. Yeah. You just got to get the direction mm-hmm. right, and just keep it simple.
1: I, I think I, I, I think where people will struggle with this approach uh, is possibly the fact that if they get a if they get a, like a, a win or a couple of wins under the belt and go great, happy days, I've made like twenty pips, and then they get a loss followed by another loss, full loss. So what I'm saying, like you know, they goes through all five levels and doesn't doesn't work, or even one of them, and they go, oh, yes. damn it." Yeah, you know, I've, I've I've lost more than I've actually won. I've won two, so but it's you've obviously it's a case of getting past that that um once, once barrier. you get through it, yeah.
0: And if you start breaking the maths down, your, your risk reward is higher. It's a lot higher mm. than going a hundred percent into market yeah. with one go. Um, and I find if I just put a five or a point straight into market and then it goes against me. And this, this is one of the reasons why it came. You watch it move and move and move away. And then you watch it coming back up and all you're doing is go, please get me break even, please get me break even. And then when you get there, you go right kill. And I needed something that could alleviate that because to me, Tight stops just don't work. It's death by a thousand cuts, you know. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying um, go mental and don't have a stop because, trust me, I've done that and and it hurts if you get it wrong. Um, I'm just saying be be sensible. You know, the the market will show you where it's going to probe to, and that's your structure point. And that's why I use two because it's going to test the first one. If it goes to the second one, I'm probably wrong. Yeah. yeah. But it's just be sensible with where you're going to place it. And I needed something that could help my psyche. And I thought, right, if I added it in, down, and then as it's coming back up and I'm doing the same thing, please get me out, please get me break even, I actually want to be paid for my time. And as it moves up, and that's what it does, and it yeah. does pay for your time yeah. coming back up. And even if it just pays for your mentality, in the sense that you're sort of not pulling your hair out, then it's it's a good thing. Well, you're and, winning and I just some got trades, used right? To doing it. You're winning yeah, some. Oh, you good, know,
1: yeah. If you if the last one pays, yeah. So so even if the last one pays and you got it wrong, um, mm-hmm. you're at least going to win one out of four trades. And so there is a, there is a little bit of you know the dagger in the heart isn't as deep. Um, yeah. Now what, what about something along them lines? Yeah. <laughs> what, what what about uh somebody working a day job and you know what steps would you recommend they take to become a trader?
0: Uh learn levels. But not so much your hourlies, your fifteens, and your fives. Look at your monthlies, your weeklies, your dailies, down to your four hour. Understand those levels more than anything else. But then also look at the higher time frames rather than the lower time frames to get an idea of your trade. Now, if you're working around a day job and you're trying to trade a five-minute chart as and when, it's not going to tell you a great deal. But if you were looking at, say, a four-hour chart, the price is going to be in the exact same place. But it's that little bit slower, and then you can sort of watch how it reacts at a level. Mm. So if you're looking at a four-hour chart with decent levels, you can use that around a day job, you know, because mm. I'm pretty certain that your boss won't be too happy if you whip mm. me your mobile phone out every two minutes just to see what's going on. But at least then you can wait for that candle to close and you're maybe looking at it at eight o'clock, 12 o'clock, so far. But that, that's kind of where I would look at it. Uh, I would look at a, a higher time frame, but solid levels.
1: And what uh, what other so you mentioned levels Fibonacci? Is there anything else that you'd recommend somebody go away and study on a on a price chart?
0: Um, oh, say the price itself. I want to use a, a, a basic stuff. The Bollinger Band is very good because it will show you the stretch points. So if you can plot the stretch points, and you see it come onto a level, happy days but also look at sort of the way the candles are forming. There's 101 different patterns, but things like uh, a hammer formation coming into a level is is just plot it and then see how many times that hammer formation forms while it's stretching a Bollinger band at a level and then see how many times that price reverses and do it through time. So, Mm. yeah, that's what I'll look at. Keep it simple. Keep it as simple as possible.
1: And Um, and you mentioned uh, mindset. Like you've said that you know you're quite patient. Uh, Have you got anything? Have you got anything? I suppose either on on the patience front or any other sort of mindset things that you've you've sort of learned over the years, hacks and stuff that you could
0: share with us. Yeah, keep your toys on your table. I've got more toys on here than I've got. I I listen to ridiculous music all the time. What's ridiculous? Um, the Wurzels. <laughs> the Wurzels. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of it. It's I, I do. have uh, got books fizz on my clear list at the moment. Um, I, I do it on purpose, to be honest, because it calms me down. And if I'm wanting a candle to close, for argument's sake, and I'm looking at a 15-minute candle that's halfway through, I'll put Bat Out of Hell by Meatloaf one, because it, it lasts seven minutes and 11 seconds. Right. And I listen to the whole song and it stops me fiddling with the chart. So put a music video on and watch it and not watch your chart. And then that will allow you to let the candle close. That helps you with your patience. But then it just comes down to your personality. If you are a fiddly person, just walk away. Yeah. Go in the kitchen make yourself a cup of coffee and then by the time you come back the time will have passed Um, but on my desk i have toys and god knows what and i have them there just because i am fidgety. i will fiddle with the screen so i'll just mess around and play with these and it it just calms me down a little bit
1: I, i like that that's a that's a very good little trick in terms of and you could even do it i suppose if you if you had certain number of things that that were, like, say you got 5-minute, 15-minute, 30-minute candles. They're yeah. probably the hard ones, right? So yeah. if there was something that you had that went for that amount of time, you've oh, got to wait one more. I've just seen the 30 close. I've got to wait 30 minutes. I've got an episode of so-and-so that goes for 26 minutes. I'm going to watch that and then come back. That is actually a very good idea, if you could get a whole <laughs> bunch of things that with that amount of time. Um,
0: for, for me, it's music videos. Yeah. Um, I've just got a whole bunch of them. And... I'll just switch it on and I'll have a bit of a sing song and then you go back to the chart.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's a very good little tip. Um, now, if there was one thing you'd recommend any retail trader spend the next month mastering, what would it be?
0: Back to levels. I think levels. levels are your key to everything. If you get that right on your chart, the rest of it falls into place simply because that is where the price will naturally gravitate to it and if you watch how they work, so certainly your higher timeframes, because they'll just edge i mean we we've all done it you you enter a trade and you see it grinding and grinding and and but it'll stop at a certain point but if you plot at that point back, I'll guarantee it was a good level where it stalled so the levels
1: and and so absolutely on that it is very much just having a look back to the left and seeing where. Like what go these things about bounce 12 to stuff.
0: 18 months. Look for your dailies, your weeklies, your monthlies, your four hour. Once you go below your four hour, the levels start getting pretty weak. But those levels are pretty solid. And if you've got them on your chart already, it just makes your life so much simpler. Mm.
1: Nice. Now we'll jump into a quick fire round, then wrap up, and we're going to jump on a price chart as well. So you're going to show us some stuff afterwards. So, um, how long how long did it take you to go from newbie to consistently profitable?
0: Eight months, two years, roughly.
1: What's your favourite entry setup?
0: Favourite entry setup is an overstretched market with a momentum ignition off a level.
1: What's your recommended trading book or resource?
0: Uh, Scruffy Trader YouTube channel. No, sorry. (laughs) Um, What I would say, uh, not so much trading books, but mindset books. Trading in the zone. Uh, Mark Douglas is a good one. Or The Art of War. The Art of War is excellent for working your mind out.
1: Um, What's your preferred broker and trading platform?
0: Um, For... Proprietary, I use the 5%ers. They are really good. Then you've got Black Bull. Uh, They are pretty good for worldwide, good leverage, and also IG. I use all three.
1: Hey, folks, ever wonder what broker I use? Well, I use Hanko Trade. It was a no-brainer because I was looking for a broker with good trading conditions and one that wouldn't restrict my leverage. Now, by joining Hanko Trade, I've also cut down my trading costs significantly with their super low commission of just $1 per 100K. You can learn more at HankoTrade.com or just click the link I've put in the description. Uh, do you want to walk us through? Oh, yes, you walked us through your worst ever trade. That was that £18,000 one, wasn't it? Oh, it was a shock.
0: <laughs> I mean, it was... all I'll see is, The drink in Portugal was really good, but it didn't pay for the beer. (laughs) When I came back, the fear factor in my face was terrible. Um, But, yeah, that was was terrible. Uh,
1: um, Now, and finally, if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what
0: would it be? Less is more. Never overtrade. Look for one, two good trades a day, and you'll be fine. And once you're being paid, stop
1: Brilliant. Look, before we wrap up, what's
0: the best way for the traders to get hold of you? Um, you'll find me at uh, my blog, scruffytrader.com, or just find me on YouTube. Uh, you'll find all my contact details in any description on my videos.
1: Brilliant. Well, look, a big thank you to Gary for sharing with us today. Everything we've discussed here, along with all those links, are going to be in the show notes. To find them, simply search for Gary in the search box on tradingnut.com. Until next time, I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. All right, folks, so there you have an interview done and dusted with Gary. Now, uh, as we mentioned, there's a video that we shot. Go and check that out right now. Uh, the It is on the YouTube channel. It's also on Gary's show notes page. So go and check that out. You're going to find out exactly how he reads the chart, how he's Set up his whole system, how he finds those pairs as well to trade with. You know, during that day, and you'll see some of the money, uh, the money side of it as well. So, a whole bunch of stuff to go and check out on that particular video. You've also got the trading mind hack series with Andy Murphy. So, how to see yourself as a millionaire trader in the next ten years? Go and check that out as well as the Asia Assassin bot. So, there's so much to watch over here, guys. You've got to go and check this stuff out. Uh, also, 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 don't forget that demo trading contest. I don't even know when i'm recording this if the registrations are open but it is coming so stay tuned all right folks thanks for listening thanks for watching and we'll see you in the next one